Welcome, listeners, to our 48th episode. Today, we'll be going over police reckonings. Yep. So, around, you know, May of 2020, May, June of 2020, there was uh, a resurgence of racial reckoning, police reckoning, um, of the the likes of which we've seen, you know, in the 1960s and the 1990s, especially around the Rodney King riots and whatnot. So um, the Rodney King protests, I should say. Um, so um, yeah, um, obviously last year's was sparked by the George Floyd protests. And as of last week, as of the past few weeks, there's been another resurgence of said police reckoning, racial reckoning, whatnot, um, because of the conclusion of the Derek Chauvin trial, um, Derek Chauvin being the police officer um, that uh, killed George Floyd or, you know, convicted of murdering George Floyd, whatever you want to say. Um, and uh, as well as um, the uh, shift of attention towards other cases of, um, of, uh, police inter- of violent police interactions or whatever you want to call it. I'm not trying to sound controversial or anything. Um, an example being uh, Dante Wright or Adam Toledo or, um, you know, and whatnot. So, um, so yeah, so it's kind of, you know, it, it, it's kind of funny in a way seeing that, it, that it's happening, that it's happening again one year since the racial reckoning that came out of the George, the, out of the initial George Floyd case. So, um, my initial question, my initial question to both Yihan and Christopher, whoever wants to answer first, is do you, do you guys think we're going to be seeing, oh, I'm sorry, or yeah, do you guys think we're going to be seeing a, um, a, a, a summer like we saw in May 2020, or in, of 2020, a uh, summer full of protests, a summer full of, um, of, uh, uh, political activism whatnot uh Um, yeah i I can go uh i really don't think that we're gonna see anything like that for a long time because and this is not to belittle what happened last year or anything but it just seems like because we were in quarantine we had been in that way for maybe two and two or two and a half months at that point Uh, a lot of a lot of people i'm sure were getting anxious when staying at home and felt like something had to be done at the same time we had no sports going on at the time uh sports a lot of times has been seen as something that can distract the public from their uh daily lives and the problems of our society and of their individual lives not even necessarily of society but we didn't have sports at the time so it's i I think that those conditions were extremely unique and i really don't see that happening again uh we are starting to see a lot of uh, increased coverage of these events. I think that even though the movement per se will not be replicated, I think that the lasting effects are going to remain. We're seeing coverage of police shootings and police attacks all the time in uh, news more than we really ever have before. And it's, it's the, the effects will stay, but in terms of replicating it, I just don't think it can happen. Yeah, um, I, I, I hold uh, pretty much the same opinion as Chris. You know, last year was uh, combined with the 2020 election, obviously. Uh, and it was a very controversial election as well. Um, 
And as Chris said, uh, you know, last year was uh, people were in quarantine and people were getting frustrated. Uh, so they need so they needed an emotional outlet. That's why uh, we saw massive protests. You know, and you know, George Floyd wasn't the first black person to be killed by a police. He wasn't. But the reason why uh, George Floyd's death can spark such um, huge movement, huge protest was because, you know, people were frustrated about quarantine and they needed an, an emotional outlet. You know, it, 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 it didn't have to be George Floyd. It could be any black person. You know, people would uh, be, people just need an outlet for emotion. And this summer, I think uh, the pandemic will get a lot better, you know, with people uh, getting vaccinated. I think uh, the situation will be a lot better. And, uh, you know, 2021 doesn't have an election year. So uh, the political tension will not be as high as 2020. So, yeah, I don't think uh, 2021 would see the same uh, protest as 2020. That too. But and something I just also want to mention is that the uh, the death of George Floyd was just the, that whole encounter was so gruesome and violent and heartbreaking, you know, compared to, say, a police shooting. Um, just the you know, we got dragged on for over nine minutes. It's it's heartbreaking when you watch it. So I think that that tugged on a lot of people's heartstrings. And that's why it sparked such a, uh, you know, such a response. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I, you know, I agree with you guys. Um, you know, I agree with you guys that, you know, one, the reason why uh, la- la- the the protests last year were so much more, uh, I guess, prevalent, maybe, um, is because of one, the, the George Floyd video was fresh. It was fresh in a lot of people's minds. So obviously it's pulling on a lot of, like what Chris said, tugging a lot of people's hearts. Um, two, you know, the, the element of quarantine, people being cooped up and whatnot. Uh, and uh, and another reason why I think that I agree with you guys, by the way. And another reason why I think that you know this this summer, if there are going to be you know any protests, um, it's not going to be um, at the level as, as that it was um, last summer, is because uh, of the conclusion of the Derek Chauvin trial. You know, uh, he was found, or Derek Chauvin was uh, found guilty of uh, second-degree murder, third-degree murder, and manslaughter. Um, and uh, I think that obviously, you know, you could believe, you know, the listeners out there, you could believe, you know, whatever you want, you could have your opinion on the verdict. Um, I think, but I think that uh, the verdict appeased uh, a lot of um, people, a lot of people that, you know, participated in, in protests such as those um, last year. So I think that's another element that would, you know, not lead to as much um, uh, protests or civil disobedience this year. But um, that being said, I do also agree with Chris as well uh, about um, police coverage, or I mean coverage of of police brutality, police shootings, police killings, um, just because uh, of the effects of racial reckoning, you know, Um, because Mm. last year it, it kind of um, sobered up America in a way. Yeah, you know, uh, when it comes to 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 racial injustice, whatever you want to call it. Um, so yeah, so you know, in efforts of uh, of these big you know, news institutions trying to seem, you know, quote politically woke, 
or you know or if they've been sobered up you know out of the kindness of the heart they're going to continue recovering police protests but you know that's just what i think yeah you know i i i definitely think that uh this is more than a racial matter there's definitely a political influence in here like uh so you 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 were talking about uh you were talking about police coverage and you know we've definitely seen more coverage uh, about police shootings uh, and I think that is just another political move by the Democrats. And, you know, I, I, honestly, I'm not a big fan of, like, playing with police shooting and, like, uh, race in politics. I just don't think identity politics is the way to go. And, uh, you know, and to, to, to be honest, I think that there are also, uh, like, the judges in the Chauvin trial, they were probably also influenced by the media. Oh, um, I, I, I think that the media definitely played a role in this trial you know, because so many people wanted to see Chauvin be convicted. Um, so I think that definitely adds to the case. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, I believe 70% of people or just over 70% uh, agreed with the all three charges guilty verdict. I mean, I do feel that there could have been some room for discussion on some of them. I do definitely believe that he was guilty for something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do believe that there was some room for discussion. However, if, you know, I, if I was on that jury, I think I would have said guilty for all three things as well. Um, outside the fact that, you know, these guys might've, you know, felt a little bit of pressure, right. Uh, yeah. If I give him, I, I, you know, get, get him off on one of these, then I, I might face a, like a riot outside my house. Um, uh-huh. but regardless, I think that you know, outside of that, it's it was the right thing to do to give him guilty on all three charges. Um, in my opinion, there's there's two kinds of cases, right? Or there's two time there's two types of police interactions with um, people in general, not just people of color that go wrong, and or in terms of fatalities, number one will be, uh, it's a, you know, an active, uh, threat situation where the police officer believes that the person has a gun, uh, most of the time. And, you know, they've got to draw and save their own life. And it's a, you know, it's a high, uh, high suspense situation. Uh, those it's going to be really hard to change the conduct of police officers in those situations. It's going to be really hard. I mean, these people, these police officers believe that they're fighting for their life. How could you tell them not to do that? But in these other situations when it's like George Floyd, when, okay, obviously I have control of this guy. Very little chance that he's armed. Uh, I'm just going to have wanton disregard for his well-being and beat him up and pretend he's not even human. Right? That's just disgusting, obviously. And that's the kind of thing that I feel that a lot of cops are going to think twice about, right? I mean, I don't know if you've heard of the Stanford prison experiments, but uh, basically it's like they took these, uh, I believe they were all students, but they took all of these uh, students and they uh, had some of them play like wardens and then some Mm -hmm. of them play like prisoners. And then, you know, initially the, the people who were playing the wardens felt bad about, you know, doing malicious things or being cruel to the prisoners. But as time went on, they just kind of accepted their role and separated the other students who were prisoners from humanity. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was an awful thing. And eventually, obviously, the experiment stopped. But that's just something that always comes to mind in these cases, um, particularly like George Floyd of uh, the, the police officer separates the um, separates, you know, the suspect or whoever he's dealing with from humanity and just wants to kick him and beat him. And because it's, it's fun. And that's that's not American. That's not policing. That's bullying. That's like, mm. you know, I'm a critique of totalitarian societies, right? Or I'm a, I'm a critic of totalitarian societies. Surprise. But it's like the, the police are like the Nazis. Okay. That, that kind of stronghold on people. That those fear. Fear tactics. I think that's disgusting. But in the, case of, in the cases of active, uh, actively fending for their life or what they believe to be those kinds of situations, I tend to have a little bit more sympathy for them. I think that uh, you know, they, they say that uh, it's, it should not be a death penalty without trial for uh, resisting arrest. Like in the case of uh, uh, Anthony Brown Jr., uh, who was um, just recently shot uh, in North Carolina, he had uh, warrants out for his arrest. He's a convicted felon, a drug dealer, and it's like he had a confrontation with the cops, and then he was driving away, and then they, he got shot. He was shot, and apparently it seems like he was shot in the back. And people are frustrated about that. I get it. But, I mean, this is like a dangerous guy. This is like a menace to society, right? Why is this your hero? It doesn't make sense to me. And mm. it's, it's the, the, the left tends to champion these people. There was a while when they were championing these people who are in death row. Like, really? You're going to choose to make that your, your hero? Really? It's, it's kind of ridiculous to me, but... I do think that I, I tend to give more sympathy to the cops in those active situations where they feel that they're fending for their life. Usually it is the case. And I think that usually the suspect or the person on the other side of the altercation could have done something to avoid it, you know, acclimating and uh, it gets so, more tense. Yeah, so uh, since, since we're on the topic of uh, those situations, like having a suspect pulling out a gun or something, so, uh, would you think that it would significantly reduce police shooting if uh, less people had guns, um, or just like, or, or or just like guns are eliminated completely? Do you mean think... less cops had guns, or less? No, 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 less uh, like civilians. Like we had stricter gun control. Yes, or just like eliminate guns. So, um, one of them. So, so what I think is. It may like so obviously like Chris talked about how there's the there's that phenomenon of of you know people in law enforcement as as can be seen by the Stanford Prison Experiment of how they sort of dehumanize um, the people that they're supposed to be controlling this in this case being the 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 public being criminals right so I yeah. think that mm-hmm. may sort of change or may sort of change the uh, a police officer's view of of you know a possible criminal in terms of the fact that, you know, it may, in, in the way that it may, like, um, in my opinion, it may make the police officer less likely to think that the individual has a gun. However, if the officer is obviously treating the individual as a suspected criminal, it's not like criminals are going to be following strict gun control laws, right? Yeah. You know, there, there's how many... But, but, but then it's like, uh, let's say I'm just some random guy driving and then the police pull me over and you know i'm trying to reach for something maybe my id or 
something my wallet or something. I don't know. And then the police thinks that I have a gun. Right? Think think um stricter gun control or simply you know the I think and then like going back to the Stanford experiment, the prison experiment, um I think the police simply needs more training or just they have to change their mindset. Like their role is not to control civilians but their role the law yeah the, their role is to protect the civilians and not like whenever the police go out for uh you know to whether it's to catch a criminal or something uh their mindset should not be okay i'm here to kill the the, the criminal no you they're there to control the criminal right i'm not saying that the police shouldn't have a gun i think they should have a gun but then guns should be used in a very limited way. You know, and I, I think that can only be achieved when uh you know civilians don't have guns. Mm. Because if civilians don't have guns, police won't shoot. Okay, uh, he 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 he's not gonna pull up a gun, so that so there's no point for me to use a gun. And I, <laughs> I mean it's it's a nice thought, but I mean, at the end of the day, if a cop pulls someone over and the guy reaches in his pocket, the cop's not going to think, hey, is that a gun? Oh, wait, this is a heavy gun control state. I'm fine. Right? It'll just never happen in our society. The guns are out. Right? The guns are out. They've been out since 1776. And you can never really retract them, especially if you're looking at criminals who tend to be who the cops deal with. Right? The criminals... Mm-hmm. are the most dangerous people out there they're the most likely to have broken a law and or they i mean they are criminals by definition they've broken laws and very possible that they have a weapon on them if anyone in the country has them right because let's say it's illegal uh which by the way i hate the idea of but let's say it's illegal they're the most likely to have a gun anyway yeah, which so makes I... them all the more dangerous so i don't think that any sort of gun control measure could ever really change these altercations especially like adam toledo a young kid so sad right what happens he's 13 and in chicago he gets he's, he's shot by the cops in, in a confrontation he does put his hands up which i think really the cop has to you know cool it at that point okay i, I do think that there was fault on the cop there but the kid has a gun right that's my understanding of it is that he had a gun he like tossed it out on the sidewalk that's what I thought. Can you guys confirm that for me? I believe that's the case. And if so, I mean, that's, you should not be a 13-year-old kid with a gun. Yeah, that's what the police were saying. Mm-hmm. The police um, were, were asserting that. Yeah, you know, I mean, you can't be a 13-year-old kid with a gun. I mean, that's so sad. Where are the parents? Where are the parents? Mm. And you say, oh, it's not that easy. I'm, I'm sure it's not. But, like, you know, you, you got to have some involvement in your kids' lives. It's so, so much. I, I believe that the left tends to disassociate family life and morality from social issues and how can you do that it's impossible yeah i i i agree with you but do you think that guns are necessary for civilians for private citizens um i think that the right to have them is necessary but, i don't think that everyone needs a gun but i think that the, but for the what purpose be well armed for what purpose i mean there's there's countless purposes uh, probably the biggest purpose is, uh, of course, protection against tyranny. Well, the see, like, mm-hmm. 
this Which was kind of off topic, but yeah. Yeah, you know, like this was something that Julian and I we were discussing. Like, if the U.S. government is for the people, by the people, why are you afraid of tyranny? Well, that's that's a good question. The answer is they could right. all go wrong in a second. They could all, all right. go wrong in a, wrong in a second. We see, um, you know, Nazi Germany thirty years before the rise of Hitler. It was a moderately free society. We see Russia, man. Russia, that that was a, you know, obviously a huge problem from the days of Tsar Nicholas II through to Lenin and Stalin. You know, it, it's not exactly overnight, but over a number of years, you know, definitely, certainly over one lifetime, things change for the worse. And sometimes we step too far over, you know, over the line. And, and it's thankfully it hasn't really happened. I mean, you could argue in the Civil War it happened when people felt they needed to rise up. And actually, it's not even an argument. It's the truth. They, the Southerners felt they had to rise up. So and they were it was tyranny basically you know it was people argue that it wasn't about slavery it kind of was so about slavery. it wasn't so, entirely about slavery but uh, so 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 are you saying that everyone in the world should assume that their government will be tyrannical somehow because most countries in the world does not allow guns right okay I yeah, yeah I, I I don't think that they should assume that their government will be tyrannical. I should say that they, I, I think that they should think their government could become tyrannical. And that possibility but is, is enough to want to defend yourself. Yeah, yeah, but wouldn't that mindset simply undermine how your country operates? Like, so, you know, this is distrust in the government, right? And then, you know, distrust, distrust in the government will definitely hinder the progress of a country. Right. Like like, yeah. for example, like uh, some people, they don't trust uh, the U.S. government. So they don't I don't know, I'll just give an example. They don't get the vaccine or something. Right. OK. Yeah. See, or look, they don't vote or whatever. Yeah, or, 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 or they don't vote whatever. So wouldn't that simply hinder the progress of the country? Like if people like inherently, they just don't trust the government. It's very possible. And, you know, so, so, I'm, I'm so, 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 yeah, yeah so, yeah. so, so, so do you believe that uh, individual liberties is placed over the well-being of the entire country? Um, you know, I'm an American. I, for the most part, I don't know so much about the cultures of other, actually, I'm like a big geo nerd. You and I know we do MUN together, actually all three of us. But for the most part, you know, I'm, I tend to focus on American issues. So it's hard for me to speak for other countries. Countries have different values. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, like, just, like just China. like, like as an American, a, a, as an American, do you believe that personal liberty is more important than the okay. well-being of the entire country as an American? So, so as an American, right. From an American perspective, the answer, I think for, for a lot of a lot of points, all right, because it's different in every case, right? Different. What, is this a personal liberty to, um, you know, not wear a mask in public? Is this a personal liberty to have a gun on you? Is this a personal liberty to have a nuclear bomb in your house ready to launch. Uh, and, you know, I, but I do believe that in the strong majority of reasonable cases, the answer is yes, we need to respect personal liberties. This country was founded on respecting personal liberties, right? We've, we've got, we had 10 amendments to begin with that are detailed exactly to protect our personal liberties. That's something that the government, every elected official should wake up at every morning and be like, how can I protect people's liberties today? Yeah, so, so that's what I think. But then if the governments are already protecting people's liberty, then why are individuals having guns? Right? That's the huge thing the liberty, that I don't get about America. That they are protecting right. the liberty to have guns is what I feel. Okay, but then, you know, uh, as I was saying, the 
the purpose of owning guns was twisted. Okay, so let's say, you know, that's, but that's not the only reason, right, to have guns. And we're kind of getting off topic, but the, that's not the only purpose is to protect from tyranny. It's also to protect yourself, you know, depending on what neighborhood you live in, right? It's kind of a point of privilege to say that you will never be attacked or robbed or your house being broken into. And actually, we see a lot of higher income individuals having their house being broken into and a lot of lower income individuals. Middle class, it's not such a big deal or it, it tends to be less of a big deal than higher income Houses tend to have break-ins. Lower-income houses tend to have See, break-ins. See, look, like protecting citizens, that is the job of the police. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a, that's true. But you call the cops, and it takes them, on average, say, two and a half minutes to get to your house. You pull your gun out, and you draw it. You can let it go in less than a second. You know why? I mean, and, and so, if breaks in your house, they're a criminal. Very possible so, they have a gun. Um, I don't so, want to be the person without a gun in that case. So, based on, think that. so based on your um, logic... Do you think that a police department is unnecessary? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think it's unnecessary. But then you were saying no. that you call the cops, they come in like 10 minutes, and then you're dead already. That's basically your logic. Well, I mean, well, that's I, not the only type of well, service I, the I, police I, takes is to deal with break-ins, right? There's yeah, a lot of things the cops have to do. That The cops have legal authority. Otherwise, we're kind of being uh, saved by this vigilante, wild, wild west kind of thing. Uh, kind of system if we don't have the cops and in my opinion i i mean it's it, it probably would probably work honestly in a lot of cases but there's going to be you know questions and the police are trained the police are trained in conduct to kind of respect uh the rights of individuals versus you know vigilantes say you know let me search your let me search your car I smell weed no screw you why would i let you do that so the cops have authority i feel like we need people of course that's why we have them but that's you know, it's no secret that we need people with authority that the government awards to protect us. Yeah. So, yeah, I, the reason why I let you guys go down on that little tangent is because I wanted to see like where it'll take us, and I'm I'm glad that it that it took us back to to the to policing because if if it didn't, I was going to ask a question to to draw us back here. But Chris, you talked about how the police are, um, how the police are, uh, would be are obviously more. Um, especially trained in 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 public interaction in conduct with with criminals and other and just the public in general than than a than a you know some vigilante would. But speaking of police training for both of you, do you guys think that there should be you know um, more police training? Um, what do you call this? Um, implemented in terms of de-escalation, in terms of uh, the utilization of you know less than lethal means or something like like that, because we could see. You know, we saw we saw that case with, I believe it was Dante Wright, right? The the police officer that that thought she was taking out her taser. Um, miss, correct me if I'm wrong. Was was right. that was That's that? Correct. Yeah. So, and a lot what a lot of police officers were saying is that that was the result of overtraining in terms of the in terms of like how how police officers are regularly are regularly trained in terms of their firearms and only trained you know a few times a year in their less than lethal weapons. So I'm just wondering if you guys think that should that there should be any changes or there should be any reform in terms of police training, in terms of um, uh, police education. Oh yeah, like from my perspective, I I I definitely don't think like the first reaction the the so the reaction to a police of some guy uh, going to their pocket, I don't think the reaction should be okay. He's gonna pull out a gun. 
I, 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 I don't think that's the right assumption. Like the mindset of police, police officers need to change. I think, and you were talking about de-escalation. I think, yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, uh, there, there needs to be de-escalation, uh, between, uh, police and civilians, especially in the U.S. Because, you know, the U.S. has the most police shooting every year amongst all countries. So, I definitely think there needs to be more, uh, trainings on that. Yeah, I mean, in terms of that lady, that lady's kind of an idiot. I feel like. I mean, how can you do that? It's not like it's the brake and the gas pedal, right? It's on entirely opposite sides of your body. It's on your non-dominant hand is the taser. The firearm is on your dominant hand. How can you mix, mix those up? I just think that's gross, and I think that lady's going to get charged, and I think that lady's going to get convicted. Just not, not based off necessarily murder, but uh, for doing something, certainly, making that mistake that ended Dante Wright's life. I think that lady's an idiot. Okay, and it's that's just that's my opinion. Um, and I when when the cops say that's a result of uh, you know the system, I think that's just one of them. Yeah, I kind of feel like it's one of them looking out for each other. I just kind of feel that way. I, I know that that's kind of the culture. Um, but as for training, you know, it's hard for me to say. I'm not a super expert in exactly how they get trained. It's very it varies by um, police department, right, or precinct, or you know by by location. Uh, it's like people say, oh, tax the rich more. Well, do you know how much they already get taxed, right? I mean, it's a, it's an ans- it's a fair answer to say, you know, tax the rich the same amount as they're being taxed right now, right? That's a fair answer. That's not like a cop-out or anything. You don't have to say less or more. Just like, do we need to change the police ta- uh, training, you know? If we say keep it fairly similar to how it is now, that's not a cop-out. Uh, of course, we've had a lot of problems in the past with policing. I think that there should be a change, Uh what what change that might be is going to be heavily dependent on where you are. Uh, Minneapolis has had a lot of uh, police problems in the last 10 years, and they're being investigated now by uh, Attorney General uh, Garland, I believe. But it's, it's, you know, it's systemic. And another thing I kind of want to mention real quick is the, um, of course, there's a lot of police reform bills right now in Congress, right? The Democrats are pushing for, a a bill that punishes individual police officers. Whereas the, um, whereas the Republicans led by uh, Senator Tim Scott are pushing for this kind of reversal. And it's uh, instead focusing the blame on the department, right? So bringing it away from the individual to the department, kind of protecting the individual police. This is illogical. This is counterintuitive because the whole thing that the Democrats say is, Oh, we believe it's systemic. We believe it's systemic. Uh, the bad apples, we, we reject that, right? We, reje- we reject that belief. It's systemic. It needs to stop from the top down, right? But then they go for the individual officers and they bully them and ruin these individual people's lives instead of focusing on the department and trying to change the system. So it's ridiculous. It's, it's, it proves that the Democrats do not care about systemic change. Uh, and instead, they just want to bring one, uh, you know, countless officers to justice and get these propaganda wins in the media, like with Chauvin. Although I agree, obviously Chauvin was guilty, but they want to replicate that, right? Because I mean, Chauvin is obviously going to be seen as a, a victory for the Democrats, right? This guilt, this um, thing, is this uh, guilty verdict. They want more propaganda wins in the media. That's all they want. They don't really care about systemic change. If they did. They would focus on what the Republicans are looking for 
which is with, you know, from the top down, you know, sue the, the departments or make the departments eligible to be sued for misconduct or for errors in their training and force them to fix their training and fix it from the top down. It's, it's, that's just something I feel is, is, is disingenuous and it's, well, it's sad. Well, yeah, you know, I, I, I agree with part of what you say, uh, but I, I, I just want to like clarification here. So do you think that, uh, so, so you said that Republicans want a change in the departments, right? Right. The, the, the Senate or the, the Republican senators right now are pushing for, uh, you know, the, the focus on the, um, on suits, lawsuits to be shifted more towards the department and towards the bigger entities okay, rather but, than the individual officers. So, so would the individual officers still be convicted of anything if the Republican bill was to pass? Um, it's, I think it's less likely. So, so the, the mistakes made by individual officers are now paid by this, by the department. That's what you're saying. I mean, there's no easy answer. Right? See, look, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 I see both sides. You know, I, 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 I understand why you would be upset with Democrats' uh, plan. And, you know, I think it should be both. It should be both, both yeah. individual and the departments. Yeah. yeah, because, you know, obviously that individual that, you know, if you want to call him a bad apple or whatnot, he's reflective of his whole department, you know, whether he's, you know, a deputy for the L.A. Sheriff's Department or, you know, a, an officer for the NYPD. Whatever, yeah. He's he, he's reflective of the department. Yet he, it's also his own individual, his or her, his individual, to his mm-hmm. yeah, individual crime, his in, his or her individual decision to to do whatever actions he did. So I think it should be like what Yihan said, both, both the both the the the, part, the department, the district, the municipality that that officer serves under, and the officer him or his or herself should um should both face uh um you know accountability but um but yeah that's just that's just my opinion but yihan i kind of interrupted you so so continue. Uh, no no it's fine i was done pretty much <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's it's i agree with you guys you know there has to be responsibility on the individual officer right but a lot of people of course are going to complain that officers tend to have more uh, protections under the law based on what they would do rather than if an individual person did say a vigilante did it mm-hmm. that's kind of the whole point it's meant and i because i i'm a pretty moderate republican i feel and people have told me that but the thing is with the cops thing we're supposed to be the party of like freedoms and liberties right and and, and personal liberty small government uh less government involvement and then you know to use a phrase that a lot of my people would not agree with, we're the bootlickers. Why is that? It's kind of mind-boggling. It's kind of counterintuitive. Why are why are we the party of the cops? And I guess the answer is the cops need a home, and it's not going to be the Democrats. So that's why we we have that. But you know, in the, I I tend to scrutinize the police and the police interactions a lot more than I think most people who think the way I do tend to. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm a person of common sense. I'm a, I, I believe in common sense. I believe in, uh, you know, in, inspecting every case individually. I think it's hard to throw blankets uh, over things like this, uh, you know, concepts like this. Uh, so I think that the, the cops, in terms of, um, the, the cops need to be held accountable. But 
at the end of the day, the cops, of course, are going to have more leeway than if an individual person did it. And at the, and you just have to hopefully assume that the cop is acting in the best interest of his or her own life and the safety of the community, not in a malicious way like Derek Chauvin and George Floyd when obviously he's got him down. George Floyd is not a threat at that point, and it is just so gruesome. And there's no there's no logical, moral explanation for his motives at that point, besides, I'm evil and I'm a bully and I want to hurt this guy as bad as I could. And he ended up killing him, and that's why he was convicted. Okay, because you can't go that far. That's not your job. Your job is not to be the the judge and jury and execute this guy, right? But as for the mm-hmm. cops fending for their own life towards the beginning of conflicts right towards the beginning beginning of these unfortunate encounters i tend to give them a little bit more leeway just in my own mind because i i always think what if i'm a police officer and i mean this this person who's acting shady reaches into his pocket what am i supposed to think right it's common sense as a private citizen don't do that unless you're asking to get shot by the cops don't do that so i mean there's ways that maybe are not written out by law that we can just do better. We can do better. Private citizens can do better. Uh, police can do better. I think we all can do better. I a hundred percent agree with that. I, I agree with that. Um, you know, I, I, yeah, I don't know what else to say, but I, other than I agree with that. Um, John? Um, yeah, you know, and yeah, definitely, you know, police officers can do better and, uh, and Chris, I, I just think one thing that you can't like, not everyone's going to know not to reach into their pockets. Right? I think that's something that can be ingrained in common sense. Oh, well, don't, re- don't reach in your pocket when you're talking to the cops. That's a well, smart idea. In, 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 in most countries, you just talk to the cop and you. you know, it... Well, kind of like I said before, I'm more interested in what we have in this country. Right, I'm more interested in American in American view. Okay. In okay. other countries okay. like UK, the cops don't even have guns. Okay, and then you've got 50 cops, you know, people in these, you know, reflective yellow vests circling around some crazy guy with a knife. And for for 20 minutes. Right? That's kind of like almost humiliating on the part of the state, I think. And it's it's I think the the um idea of disarming police officers is kind of ridiculous. Uh Maybe there should be, you know, they, they've talked a lot about like sending different specialists to or different uh, individuals, specialists in different areas to like domestic disputes, right? To deescalate that uh, those people would not have guns. I can see that, you know, they would have to look at it, right? They'd have to look at it and write out the guidelines for who they're going to send, whether it's the cops or the, um, you know, the at-home specialists or whatever. But in terms of disarming actual police officers, I feel like that's kind of ridiculous and that just endangers the cops and makes them less likely to be obeyed yeah 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 or by anyone yeah 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 you know i i i i don't think police should be disarmed but rather you know this just go this just goes back to my original point that i think rather civilians should be disarmed but we went over that already so um you guys have anything else to talk about um I, I don't. I don't. I think that I think it's a good part. To, I think that's a good point to where we should leave off. Yeah. Um. The uh. The Chris's point. You know, everyone should do better. You know, 
police officers, people in law enforcement should do better and, and private citizens themselves should do better, you know? So, uh, so yeah. Anyone else have anything to add? Yeah, I think that was a good discussion. Mm-hmm. It just yeah. comes down to, we need to, I, I think a lot of stuff in our country and in our world comes down to common sense and how can we make this better without testing anyone? I think that's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. So um, thank you listeners to uh, tuning in to this week's episode of The Unprofessional Analyst. I forgot to mention it at the top of the episode, but <clears throat> uh, Christopher Phillips is with us. Thank you for joining us mm-hmm. thank uh, you. for this uh, yeah. great discussion. You really, really spiced it up this week. Usually I'm pretty quiet and I just let Yihan ramble on. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so uh, thank you both. And uh, we'll see you listeners next time. Mm -hmm. See you. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.